Welcome to the Your Courageous Life podcast, where we discuss psychology and tools to help you create better habits, cultivate discipline, and live with courage, aka grit and emotional resilience. I'm your host, Kate Swoboda. Learn more about my books and get additional resources at yourcourageouslife.com. And now, here's today's episode. Hey, hey, everybody. Today we're going to talk about a little bit of a heavy topic, but it is one that if you dive into it, can provide you with a new profound sense of emotional freedom, especially if you know that you have some unresolved issues from your past. And that is how we deal with regret. So how do we acknowledge the things that we regret? How do we process the things that we regret? How do we learn and use that to shape a better future rather than just constantly ruminating and recycling and going over and over and over the things that happened? Because while we can cognitively understand that we cannot control the past, we can't redo the past, If you're anything like me, the times that you felt some sense of regret or wanting to do something over, there's still that little voice in the background that can hang around for a while until you deal with it that's going, but you could have done this. You could have done it better. You should have done it better. And nothing taught me about how to process regret quite like a friendship that I had that I, I genuinely did not realize anything was wrong in the friendship and it turned out, which I only found out after this person just suddenly disconnected and like ghosted me and it was very painful. Um, side note, um, I think we all kind of like thinking of ourselves as generally kind, loving people. I am here to tell you as someone who's been on the receiving end of being ghosted, that is not kind or loving behavior. So ghosting someone to avoid having the awkward conversation causes so much more pain for the other person than the awkward conversation ever could have. I'm here to tell you that right now. But all this time later, here's what I can say, which is that I had a friendship I didn't realize that I was apparently getting on this person's nerves. I had no idea bothering them. Really what it all came down to, I ended up finding out much, much later was that they felt like I was judging them when I was talking about, oh, here's how I would do that thing. And I had no idea that I was coming across that way. And even all these years later, I can completely own that probably my phrasing was like unintentionally coming across as if I thought they should do something a certain way. And I can own that. But if I had realized at the time, I would have looked at, you know, my phrasing or tried to change it. Nonetheless, when that friendship ended, I was I was super triggered about it. I mean, I just felt like I, th- I think my thought process at the time was because the person ghosted and just suddenly cut off. And because that was so painful, to me, I personally don't ghost people unless they are, in fact, behaving in ways that are emotionally abusive. And I don't have anyone in my life who's been physically abusive, but that would certainly be another example of a situation where I'd say, ghost away if someone's physically abusive. Get out, get away, ghost them. But emotionally abusive, 
you know, same thing. But I, I just personally, I would try to work things out with the person. I would try to say, hey, this is super awkward for me to say, but this thing that keeps happening between us is hurtful or it's annoying or I don't know. I would try to deal with it in some kind of way. And I'm not saying that I have been perfect about that throughout my entire history. Um, But for sure, the the person that I am now would want to do that. When I figured out that this person didn't want to be in contact with me any longer, I took it very hard. And what ended up happening was that then I was in this spiral of regret. How could I have not noticed that she was feeling that way? And then it was a lot of self-criticism. What the hell was wrong with me that I was so clueless? That was, you know, really harsh. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I needed to go through the process that I'm about to lay out for all of you here. And so here is how you deal with regret. And I'm actually going to get into some of the uh, research behind how we go through a process of forgiveness and self-resolution around the things that we wish we could do differently. Some of it's going to um, draw actually from research on alcoholism. You probably know that for those who um, own that they are alcoholics and then enter into treatment, they often undertake a process of acknowledging the behaviors that they engaged in while under the influence, and then making amends. And so um, self-forgiveness is a crucial part of the recovery process for many alcoholics because if they don't forgive themselves for what they did, then it's like the things they did while while under the influence are just kind of hanging over them all the time. And I think that we can learn from that process, even if it applies to the scope of addiction, and apply it to other, you know, situations that you might regret, even if they have nothing to do with addiction. So, all right, a couple things about regrets. Point number one, okay? Regrets are tied to the false belief that if something in the past had been different, life would be better now. And we have to reframe that belief. We have to. You have to reframe the belief that if only you had been better or different or if XYZ had happened in a different order, everything today would be okay. Because in reality, we actually can't know that. We can't. I got to say, all these years later, having had the opportunity to process the pain of that friendship, I actually feel like I kind of dodged a bullet. I actually go, you know what, now from this place, I can say, would I really want someone in my life? And I'm not, it's weird to say this because I I don't want it to come across as if I'm trying to put her down because I actually think she was doing the best she could with the tools and skills that she had for dealing with conflict at that point in time. So I, I really do believe that's true. But I also go, Would I really, why why would I want someone in my life who, unbeknownst to me, was just sitting there silently judging me all the time and weirdly (laughs) judging me while their critique of me was that they thought I was too judgmental, (laughs) right? Like it's the Anais Nin quote, we do not see people as we are, as they are, we see people as we are, right? Right. 
So here I am doing this thing that that really was unintentional. When I look back on some of the anecdotes that I finally kind of learned were the basis for this person's feelings, I, I, I can say with all honesty that in that situation, 100% clean on, I was actually not judging anyone in that situation. And I can completely own that my phrasing probably indicated otherwise, or that maybe the intensity of how I expressed myself, or maybe I sounded soapboxy. Those are all possibilities. But essentially, I like I kind of go, there's no way I could have known that I would have been better off if that friendship had survived. And in fact, if we just kind of look at the way it shook down, like, do I want people in my life who handle conflict that way? I, I would prefer not. Yeah. Because the day will come in any friendship when you need someone, you need to rely on them. So thank goodness I found out before it was that kind of a situation. So I'm not trying to go on and on about myself. I'm just trying to <laughs> dice and carve up my own life experience to try to benefit others, actually. So hopefully this is a relevant example for some of you. If you've ever gone through a breakup, if you've lost a job, if you have had a friend, a friendship that did not last, you cannot know for sure that if the past had been different, you'd have a better today. And also the pasts that we have walked through inform who we are today. And the reality is that nobody learns the lessons they need to learn without some level of walking through pain. I was listening to a podcast where a speaker said, you know, no one starts a cancer foundation out of nowhere. People start cancer foundations and fundraisers and things like that because they have personally been affected by cancer or someone they love has. And in I, you know, I wish there was a, a way to like do a magic wand and we would just learn what we need to learn without having to go through the pain, but that is not the way reality actually works. So we can believe when we're stuck in regret that today would be better if the past events leading up to today, to today had never happened. The reality is we can't know that and we actually might be better off for having gone through what we went through. Today, I am a better communicator and I'm so much more conscious about my phrasing. Certainly don't think I'm perfect at it. I will always work at it. Um, And also, by the way, having been on the receiving end of someone ghosting me and the pain that that caused, uh, I just wouldn't do it to somebody else. I just, it's just, it's, no, I wouldn't do that to somebody else. All right, next thing with processing regret. You actually have to feel and process the emotions. And I I think that this is really something that you can utilize support for in the best way. Um, I cried a lot over that friendship. I really did. I brought it to coaching. I, I mean, especially at the beginning, I raked myself over the coals. I really thought that I was the shittiest human. I was, I felt so dumb and so horrible about myself for having, at the time, my my self-criticism was how could I have treated someone else in such a way that made them feel so bad? And my whole focus was on how I must be the worst person in the world to have treated someone else badly and being very hard on myself. But 
in all of those feelings, I did cry. And eventually the crying gave way to some level of anger, which I think was a healthy anger and feeling like, hey, wait a second. I, I'm, I'm not perfect. And guess what, hun? You're not either. Like, why, why do you get to treat me like that? I, I felt a sense of betrayal and I was kind of angry that I had trusted someone and that I felt they had betrayed my trust. So feeling those feelings is part of the, the process of dealing with regret. And if you are consciously and actively going, I want to deal with regret that I have, you might need to sit down and like, cry for a little while over wishing that it could have been different, like allowing yourself to wish it could have been different and grieve the future that you had envisioned for yourself, the hope that you had had for how the situation might have worked out better. All of that is healthy expression of emotion. I do recommend that you put a container around those feelings. And by that, I mean, set a timer cry for 10 minutes. When the timer goes off, get up, go take a walk outside because that helps the day to keep from spiraling. Next thing, learning. I've already kind of touched on this with what I talked about with this experience of this friendship and how I learned something about myself, which is that sometimes my phrasing could have come across as, and certainly for that person did come across as, me saying what they should do when that was not my intention. So I want to be more conscious about my phrasing. Um, The things that we regret are opportunities for learning. If we can acknowledge that we don't like how we feel when we've let someone down, when a friendship or relationship ends, when we don't have the money that we need, then we can go, okay, what can I learn from this situation and what decisions can I make that are different? Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing you have control over. It's the only thing you have control over. Here and now and what you learned from the past, that's it, baby. I wish it were different. I know, I know, I know. I can, even as I'm saying the things that I've learned from my own personal experience now, There's a part of me that can still tap into the person that I was that wants to go, but, 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 but. So if you're feeling that too, I get it. I get it. But this is a control issue. Constantly dwelling on regrets is trying to control the past. And the only control we have is in this moment right here, right now. That's it. That's it. We can look at right here, right now. Here's what I now understand. Here's what I've learned. And here's what I can do differently. That is it. So I I mentioned that I was going to talk about some of the research tied to this. Um, So I I found two sources that I really particularly like. Let's see, do I have two? No, actually I have three. Um, So I have one source that I thought was really cool. That's from Enright and Fitzgibbons. I mean, Fitzgibbons, what a great last name, from 2015. It's in the American Psychological Association. It's titled Forgiveness Therapy, an Empirical Guide for Resolving Anger and Restoring Hope. So that is one place or one resource that I would direct you to for acknowledging your mistakes and accepting responsibility. 
This acknowledging of mistakes and accepting responsibility can be a slippery slope if you go into blame. There's a difference between accountability and blame. So when I look at this situation with the friendship and the, you know, what she had relayed to me was I felt like you were judging things and saying this is how I should do things or how things should be. So blaming myself for how that friendship ended is going into that place of it's all my fault. I did everything wrong. I suck as a human. I made that mistake and I'm just going to have to basically eat shit because I'm a horrible person. And make no mistake, there are some people who really believe that that is how you're supposed to come back from mistakes that you make. You might have met some of those people. You might have been raised by some of those people where like if you make a mistake, as far as they're concerned, you need to rub your nose in the dirt and bow and scrape until you finally have begged for forgiveness enough or something to be back in their good graces. By the way, I'm not saying that that's how this friend was. I'm just saying that that is a way that we can sometimes treat ourselves. We can treat ourselves as unworthy and undeserving and get into a space of blame. Blame is really focused on all the things that went wrong. It's focused on the past. It's focused on fault finding. It's focused on making you wrong and really emphasizing how wrong you were. Accountability or acknowledging your mistakes and accepting responsibility is about saying, this is what I did. This is what actually happened. This is the truth of what happened, as far as I'm aware. And so that was the process I went through of going, my honest truth, when I think about the anecdotes she shared with me, she ghosted me for a while. And after a while, we did have one final conversation. And when we had that conversation, I made a commitment going into the conversation, I am just going to listen. And so I listened and I took notes furiously while she was talking to everything she said, because I knew at that point that the friendship was over, but I wanted to understand why. And it was actually, I feel like kind of a gift that she gave me that It was my request. I said, could we talk? I just want to hear what your perspective is. And she did give me that. And then I heard what her perspective was. And so I am appreciative of that. All I can do now is have accountability for what I understand to be true. And what I understand to be true is that she had a perception of what I was trying to do. And I know what I was actually doing in that moment. What, What I know for me was true in that moment. But I'm looking for why might she have had that perspective? And I looked for that because I actually wanted to really truly leave no stone unturned in understanding the situation. And that was where I arrived. Like, okay, got it. I can see how I was not as careful with my phrasing as I wish I had been. And so that is something that I can acknowledge as my mistake and accept responsibility for. Now, let's consider what it looks like to actually practice forgiveness. So I found some additional research by Worthington. It's from 2007. And this is where we're we're drawing from some of the research on alcoholism. 
Um, this is from the Journal of Addicted Dise- Addictive Diseases, and the title is Forgiveness and the Bottle, Promoting Self-Forgiveness in Individuals Who Abuse Alcohol. And I'm looking at that research by Worthington and others because what they found was that forgiveness was tied to, for alcoholics, emotional healing, decreased anger, decreased anxiety, and decreased depression. To actively engage in a process where you say, whether it's guided with other people, whether you're just sitting alone in your house and you put your hand over your heart and you say, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. I can't go back and redo what happened. I made the mistakes that I made or that situation played out the way it did. There's no way that I can control the past. There's no way that I can go back and redo that. But what I can do is forgive myself and use my new awareness to move into my future. I can learn from that. That's it. I forgive myself. And this is an interesting thing. In my experience with people who really need to forgive themselves, it's like the last thing they want to do. They worry that it's some way of letting themselves off the hook. But it's not letting yourself off the hook. It's being accountable at the same time that you say, I forgive myself, recognizing that I did the best I could at that moment. It might not have been where it needed to be. I can't go back and control it. The only thing I can control is this newfound awareness that I have now. I forgive myself. So you can do that. I've done this process of forgiveness, self-forgiveness in groups. I've done it one-on-one with practitioners. I've done it sitting at home alone. Um, All of them can be powerful. And then the last thing I'll add about practicing forgiveness when dealing with regrets is that in my experience, the work with a one-on-one practitioner or in a group or sitting at home alone There's something powerful about that work, but for me at least, I have not usually felt immediate immediate relief. So it was like there was a a, there would be a period where I almost felt like I was faking it. I was trying to practice forgiveness, but I wasn't really sure if I was, I don't know, even like doing it right or something, I guess you could say. Because I didn't feel that lift. But slowly and with time, the lift has come where it just feels clean. And to me, how forgiveness feels is just like this simple acceptance. What happened, happened. I accept that what happened, happened. The last research I will bring is the research from Kristen Neff, who has a lot of content out there about um, self-compassion. Love her work. Um, she's conducted some studies showing that self-compassion is associated with greater emotional resilience and well-being. So what is self-compassion? Again, it's not letting yourself off the hook and going, well, it doesn't matter if I like, I don't know, slapped that person or something. Hopefully you're not going around slapping people. It's treating yourself with kindness and understanding and talking to yourself 
in a kind and compassionate manner. And her, so the title of the study was Self-Compassion, an Alternative Conceptualization of a Healthy Attitude Toward Oneself. It was published in 2003. And to practice this self-compassion, it really is a practice. It really is. Because if you're anything like me, sometimes when you're feeling a little shakier around (laughs) self-compassion, you want to argue with yourself. I want to argue with myself when I'm trying to give myself self-compassion. And it's only been with time that this has gotten better and Another way that I sometimes will think about self-compassion is this. How would I talk to my daughter if my daughter was in this situation? And for anyone who's a parent out there, that's a little bit of a woe, right? I mean, the friend that I'm no longer in contact with, she has a daughter. So it's kind of interesting. Like, would she want her daughter to be treated the way I, would she want her daughter to be ghosted? Or would she want her daughter to have had someone have a conversation with her? And if my daughter ghosted a friend of hers and then regretted it and felt terrible about herself, how would I talk to my daughter? If my daughter had been judgmental or came across as judgmental and a friend said, I don't want to talk to you anymore because I think you're judgmental. How would, if my daughter came to me crying, going, mom, I messed up. I did this horrible thing to this person and I don't know what to do. How would I talk to her? Well, that's pretty, pretty, I almost feel emotional talking about it. It's pretty simple to me. It would just be, oh, honey, come here. You know, just like pulling her in for the biggest hug and holding her close and just hugging her so tight that I wish there was some way that the love I felt in my body could soothe the feelings that she would be having. And really, that's what we need to give to ourselves. We need to hold ourselves so tight and say, hey, I know you didn't mean to do it that way. I know that if you could have done better, you would have done better. That's the truth. If we could have done better at that moment, we just would have. But we weren't in that place. We didn't have that capacity. It's not who we were at that time. Same thing if you have regrets over, I wish I had done this or that in my 20s. I wish that I had done this while I could have. It's not who you were. If it was who you were at that time, you would have made a different choice. So, woo, I am, oh my gosh, just even thinking about my daughter feeling that way is hard. It's really hard. It's very tender. But to, to give you some takeaways for today, I just want to reiterate that the belief to let go of is that if the past had been different, today we would be better. And we just can't know that that's true. And even if somehow we could know it's true, the past was what it was. It went how it went. So to deal with regret, what you do is you try to feel and process the emotions. You recognize that you don't have control. And you act with self-compassion and self-forgiveness 
around the choices you made at that time and you do what you can to learn from them and decide to move into creating a new and better future. That's today's episode of the Your Courageous Life podcast. Thank you for listening. To dive in deeper and continue the work, head on over to yourcourageouslife.com. See you there.